Oda, 30 feet away. Jumper in the air. He's got it! Lamar Odom has won it for Rhode Island! In traffic, off-balance shot. Thank you! Jared Terrell in Rhode Island has done it in the final five seconds on a circus shot from Jared Terrell. A career-high night for him and a victory for Rhode Island. Look it up, Dutton. Run out, Rowdy, look out! Oh, steal by Vance Russell off of Young. Three. Don't do it to him like that, Vance. Dribbles into the forecourt. Iverson going up. He dunks it home as the buzzer sounds. And Rowdy, the 8-10 champs. All right, Rody Baseline fans, we are back for episode two of Rody Big Baseline. My name's Gary, joined by my co-host, Andrew, and with special guests for this episode, Maury Hirschhorn from WPRI 12 and Adia Khan Okan from GoRody.com. Uh, so we are uh, joined directly now with Maury Hirschhorn from WPRI. Maury, it's uh, great to have you back on the podcast this week. Yeah, thanks so much for having me, guys. Good to be back. And um Rivalry week here in Rhode Island uh, tips off at Bryant and Brown Friday, uh, all leading up to the big one on Saturday. So it should be great. Yeah, that Bryant Brown game is going to be a very, very, very good appetizer. No, uh, Bryant is having a strong start to the season. They did just beat your alma mater, Syracuse, Maury. Sorry about that one. And that was interesting to see. But uh, yeah, you brought up the big one between PC and URI and it, has a different feel this year for numerous reasons that we'll get into, but the first one would probably have to do with you or I having a new head coach. And from your perspective, from an outside perspective, how would you say things are going so far under the Archie Miller tenure? Um, with the record that they have at two and five, I think uh, it's been as good as it could be. Um, we knew that this would be a rebuild. We knew that there were some tough games on the non-conference slate early for where this program is. Uh, hopefully, if they played a similar out-of-conference schedule a couple years down the line, Archie Miller gets some of his guys in. You know, they have a better record than two and five against this competition. But um, you know, Archie Miller said it right away: it's a tough game against Quinnipiac, who's experienced. They're seven and one now. Um, you know, you the first game right out of the gate. We know what Texas State is all about. You go down to Cayman, you're going to face good competition there. You know, Boston College is really at your level, um, but on the road, you know, Sunday of Thanksgiving weekend, you just didn't pull it out. So um, I, I think it's, it's really on schedule right now. I think everything has gone as planned because I look at some of the decisions and some of the moves Archie made. He can't control if shots are made or missed during games. What he can control is who's out there on the floor, how they play the game, uh, the turnovers, the decisions they make on the court. So all of those things are trending in the right direction, uh, especially the move that he made even with Brayon Freeman. He hit a, a three-run home run, right? He, he, he benches Freeman, and they come back, and, and his replacement, Sebastian Thomas, grabs his first double-double in that game. The team wins. They beat Stony Brook. Um, and Brayon gets a game where he can sit back, relax, and then come back in the Cayman and really find himself. There were like that move. There's going to be a ripple effect across the program from that move. Every guy now on the team looks at Archie Miller and says, wow, if he had the guts 
to bench our best player three games into the season. And then it all worked out from a team perspective, from an individual perspective. And now we're better for it. And Freeman has certainly hit his stride the last three games. Then it's like, what don't I trust my coach about? You know? And, and I think Archie would tell you that early on when you take over a new program after the failures that URIs had the last couple of years, you have to build that trust. And that trust will continue to be built. I'm not saying, you know, all the guys trust him, you know, wholeheartedly now and, and, you know, it can never get better. It can never get worse. But as the season continues to unfold, you continue to trust your coach more and more, especially as you're going through live bullets. And there's still only seven games together between new coaching staff and new players. So I think it's gone as good as it can be when your team is two and five. And, I think you brought up a great point with the Brayon Freeman thing. I couldn't agree with you more that that was probably – I wouldn't – program altering might be massive, but I think it is one of the biggest things that Archie has done for numerous reasons because we can all see that it wasn't Brayon Freeman that we were expecting to get. There was something wrong, whether it was him adjusting or just not being comfortable. And for a coach – Willing, I know it's the first year and we can all argue maybe two, three years down the road, they're ranked in the top 25. It's a massive game or heck, even this year, would he have actually pulled the trigger? But I think I was talking to Gary about this. That move was just so big because it led, you could take that to parents in living rooms, recruits being like, hey, your son's not in it mentally. I'm going to put them before the wins or losses and that that could be huge to get some top name recruit here showing that a coach actually cares yeah it's that ripple effect that i said not only will it have a a a massive effect this season a lot of the guys on this roster archie miller brought in whether it was freshmen out of high uh freshmen from the high school ranks or transfers will be with this program down the line so they'll draw upon this experience and they'll tell the incoming recruits and they'll tell the other teams like Hopefully, if everything works out, Brayon Freeman's here for another three years. Well, he's going to tell all everybody on the team, you know, of his experiences. And, how, hey, no, trust coach. He knows. You know, if, if you're not doing well, he might sit you down for a game. It'll help clear your mind. Look, there's proof in the pudding. Anytime you have proof in the pudding with a new program and new players as you're trying to build trust, um, it, it works out tremendously. So, yes, would Archie Miller want to have more than two wins right now? Does two and five not look good? Have they lost a couple games? They probably could have won, should have won. Then, you know, yes. But it's gone as best as it could be for a two and five team that's improved tremendously. And this isn't even – we haven't even gotten to everything that they've improved upon on the floor, right? Oh, Just yeah. the style, the tempo, the defense, the buy-in, the intensity that they've played with limiting turnovers, taking better shots, moving the ball around. I mean, it was the the first couple games, um, as much as I was watching the team play together uh, out on the court against who, whoever it was, Texas State, Quinnipiac, or Stony Brook, my eyes really were just glued to the bench, and they were glued to Archie because they were just watching – I was watching his body language, watching how he reacted to certain things. Like, I'll never forget um, – they're going on a breakaway, and I tweeted this out. I forget which game it was. I think it was the second game, maybe the first. It was one of the first three on the homestand. And uh, they're going down the floor. Sebastian Thomas has the ball, and um, 
it was that sequence where I forget if he made the pass to Ish who was filling the lane or if maybe Sebastian shot it and Ish rebounded it and then put it up a couple times and finally got it to go. The result was good. They got the basket on the breakaway. However, when a timeout was called immediately after, I believe the opposing team called timeout, everybody gets up off the bench at URI and they run over to the team. That's great. You want to see that out of your players. They're excited because they scored. But the process in which led up to that result was not what Archie wanted to see. So as Sebastian Thomas is coming off the court, Archie walks right up to him and looks at him and says, bounce pass, get it out sooner, play the game right fundamentally, just because we, you know, that, that was, that was the approach that I saw him take. It was like, okay, great. We like, that's a good, that's a good result, but that's not going to work when you go play Loyola Chicago. That's not going to go work when you're on the road in the Siegel center. That's not going to work when you play Dayton. Right. And as a young sophomore, Mm -hmm. he's trying to mold a guy like Sebastian Thomas, he's trying to mold guys like Brayon Freeman. He was a guard himself. He knows what top guard play looks like. He's been to the Elite Eight. So even in those positive moments, as I put air quotes around them here on Zoom, he's still teaching his players the right way to play. And it's not just all positive when the result is. He's looking at the steps taken to that result. And it's the other way around, too. In post-game press conferences, he'll say, like, if he thought the team got good open shot attempts and they missed, but at least if the result going up to that, they made a few passes in the possession, they drove and kicked, the passes were in the pocket, right? Guys were stepping into them, passes weren't off the mark, and guys had to take off-balance shots. Archie can live with the results when they're not good if the process leading up to that, the decision-making – was correct and it's the flip side when even when the result is good and but the process leading up to that the fundamental part of it if that is not good and not up to his standard he's going to get on his players so that's the best thing he said it a couple days ago on on the uh the the zoom with um on, on the nil collective with ed cooley he said you know we've improved so much over three weeks of the season and he said you know we have a chance to grow the, over the next three weeks as much as any team does in the country. And I, and I firmly believe that that's not just coach speak this early in the season, because there are these tangible examples that we've seen uh, through the first seven games. Now, one thing that I do want to bring up and, and Andrew and me have talked about this and something I want to bring up on the podcast, right? You talk a lot about, you know, Archie's body language, you know, the change of the program, the players brought in, et cetera. So, you know, Archie has, you know, two losses at home, comes back and, you know, takes the takes the third win and the third game there. And when that happens, you take a look around the arena, it's not very full, right? Do you think that the culture that Archie has brought in is going to, you know, progress the program in, in the fact where you're going to see more fans coming in when it gets closer to A-10 play? You're going to get more fans, you know, focus on the program, more eyes um, to the point where, you know, the people who were there for his first win are going to be like, well, I was there before the bandwagoners jumped on. Um, just kind of that perspective in, in a sense. Yeah, I think it's going to be tough. Uh, I think the one way that you cure that is you go out and beat Providence on Saturday. And I know we'll get into the game shortly. Uh, if they go out <laughs> and beat Providence on Saturday, you'll, you'll see a lot of people in, in the stands for the end of the, the non-conference schedule. You obviously have winter break, so most of the students are home. A lot of the students are home. Um, you know, maybe get some locals trickle back in, 
Um, but that's the way. Like if you if you go beat Providence, everyone wants to go to the Providence game, right? If it's sellout and you've got students there, at least when they come back from winter break and A10 play is starting to heat up, hey, we beat Providence last semester. Let's go out and watch them play fill-in-the-blank team from the A10, you know? Um, you know, they're not expected to beat Providence, even though I think the game will be closer than a lot of people expected at the beginning of the season, just based on the way that both teams are trending right now. Um, but that's the way you put you put butts in seats. You got to win. It's as simple as that. Um, and uh, it's just going to take some time. There's going to always be the diehard people that were there before. Um, but for most of the student section that wants to be there and wants to go to the cool thing to do, uh, it's going to take time. You look at Providence, even like last year, looking back at footage against all their non-conference games, even like Texas Tech wasn't, it was, it was filled in the dunk, but it wasn't like at capacity, students there three hours before banging on the door, waiting to be let in. No, those crowds got wild come Big East play when they started to have a gaudy win-loss record. And even the, at that Texas Tech game, which is a huge Big 12 Big East game, before then, PC had gone on the had gone to a neutral site, beaten Northwestern, and they had gone on the road and beaten Wisconsin in the Gavit games. So there was proof that like this that team was good at that point early, and it still wasn't packed for for Texas Tech. You could make the case small school, the dunk is a little bit bigger than the Ryan Center, and it's not on campus. But the same thing sort of adds up there. If you don't get wins, even if you do get wins, sometimes it's tough. In the case of PC last year. Once second semester starts, if you can keep winning, that's how you get people in the seats, all those Fairweather fans. You're always going to have your Andrews. You're always going to have your Garys. You're always going to have your donors. You're always going to have the media people in there. It's can you pull, you know, pockets of students where, you know, do you want to go to a bar on a Friday night or do you want to come to the A-10 game on ESPN for that Friday night, you know? Yeah. And I think one last part of that before we jump into the the talking about the reason why we're all here is the PC game. I think you can attest it to, and I was tell, talking to Gary about this last the last two seasons when we would lose, we'd all be sad, mopey as fans. We'd all be sad, mopey, pissed off, talking about how we want to change everything in the program. This year, when we're losing games, your hope. You have hope, you have all that other stuff, and you're like, you can see the light at the end of the tunnel, and I just think you can see the team improving, and we're going to, that light at the tunnel, after these first, these last three weeks, make me think that the light at the end of the tunnel is a lot sooner than I anticipated it. But with that being said, we got to move into PC. Not a lot of us know a lot about PC, but I've been watching them, and I know they're five and three, but I think it's I think it's a scarce five and three with their competition. But you could tell us more about that, Gary. I mean, not Gary Mori. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, they're they're definitely not where they hope to be. They're not where they expected to be. Uh, as much as Ed Cooley will tell you that you know the way that they scheduled was a ton of cupcakes, like really easy games at home. I'm not talking like. They're not even scheduling like decent teams at home. They're, they're, they're scheduling. I think they have one of the easiest schedules in the country to this point. Um, 
And then you go on the road for that tournament in, in Mohegan Sun. And that was just like an hour bus ride. And it's still, it's a neutral site, but you didn't have to hop on a plane. Then they go to TCU this past Wednesday. Yes, that's a road game. No doubt it's a road game. However, they still haven't seen what a raucous road crowd looks like, right? The one that they're going to face in the Ryan Center on Saturday. The one that they're going to face game in, game out in the Big East. So this team, you know, with Providence has definitely um, underachieved so far. It's still really early. But like any new team uh, in the country right now, there's a lot of new faces. They've got a handful of new faces, almost 10 new faces uh, on this roster. They have no returning starters. They have guys playing different roles. Um, you know, Jared Bynum was the sixth man of the year in the Big East last year. He lit the world on fire, but it's a lot different when you come off the bench and you have fresh legs and the other team doesn't and you come off the bench and the other team's best defender isn't guarding you because the best defender last year, you know, if it was a big man, probably was guarding Nate Watson or Noah Horkler. Uh, if it was a guard, it's probably on Al Durham just because he was the heartbeat of the team. So Jared Bynum had a lot of free open space and a lot of shooters and a lot of um, a lot of playmakers. Ed Croswell off the bench last year, a lot different. Same thing. You're only asked to play 15, 17 minutes a game. You can go 100% for those 15 to 17 minutes. You know that when your name is called, you got to go out there, give it your all because Nate Watson's coming in to replace you again. Now those two guys are relied upon to start, to play 30-plus minutes to lead, to gel, to mold. It's hard on top of executing on the floor with a bunch of new faces. So it's five and three, but you make a good point, Andrew. The, the, the five wins, URI could have beaten all five of those teams. Brown could have beaten those teams. Bryant could have beaten those teams. And the way that they got those wins wasn't necessarily impressive. They got the first three. Sure, they had the scare against Ryder in the first game of the season. You know, they hang the banner, they're Big East champs. I sort of give them a pass on that first game. You win the next two, you go to Connecticut, and you give up, you lose to Miami, you give up the 13-point lead in the second half to St. Louis. You come home, you expected for two games for them to really come out and just bury their competition, bury Columbia and bury Merrimack, an NEC team, and the last place team in the Ivy that was picked preseason and Columbia the night the game after they played PC Columbia started 0 for 17 against Marist and it took them more than 10 minutes in the first half to score a basket and Columbia was within six points of PC with 1330 left at the amp so they came out and just they slept, they were sleepwalking through those two games after the disappointment in Connecticut. And then it trickled over into TCU. They were down 11-2 on Wednesday night. They made a good run. They went up quickly. You know, they were only winning for 62 seconds of that game. TCU then went on a run, closed the first half, and kept the lead at about 10-15 to 15 the entire way in the second half and, and won comfortably. But this PC team has not looked has not looked good at all. Um, are they more talented on paper than URI? Yes. Do they have more experience, more big game experience? Yes. Um, but different than in in years past, the head coaching comparison isn't so stag isn't isn't uh, different. Archie Miller's got the same 
same if not more experience than Ed Cooley. More experience if you're looking in, in March and, in, and about big games, right? Ed broke through, got to a sweet 16. Archie's been to an elite eight. He knows what this is about. Archie gets to play this game at home. He mentioned that as opposed to having to go to the amp for his first time. So it should be a really it should be a really good game. I don't know what the line is going to be, even though I can probably look at it right now. Um, but if you were to ask me at the beginning of the season, I'd probably say, yeah, Bryce Hopkins, Jared Bynum, they'll have it rolling by game nine. You know, are all rivalry games tough? Are they all closer than expected? Yes. I'm not saying that that you know, I, I I would have picked Providence to win by 15, but I would have picked Providence to win by nine comfortably. You know, URI just fighting to sort of keep it in that eight to 10. And you think if they make a run, they could cut it close. But PC always would come up with the big baskets. Now, I would not be shocked to see URI win this game on Saturday at all, based on the way that PC has played, based on the environment that they have to go into that they haven't seen as this one group. It's going to be, uh, I think it's going to be, well, it's obviously going to be quite an atmosphere. And I think it's, it's going to be quite a game if, um, if URI can muck it up. Sorry, couldn't. No, no, my mute wasn't working. Um, Maury, one one point that you brought up here, right? Different atmosphere. You know, new head coach. I think I saw something on Twitter that said there's, you know, PC only has two players that have played at the Ryan Center because of of everything. That as well, right? Going back a couple years ago, Dan Hurley's first game at the Ryan Center. Obviously, the first year he played at PC, but the second game of the Ryan Center, they, you know, they lost on by a tipping Andrews Andrews freshman year of college uh, also as well. Do you think that, um, you know, with everyone looking at it, you know, everyone thinks that it's going to be, you know, PC all the way, but do you think that there's some fire that could be lit under Archie that can bring, you know, uh, URI to, to take control of this game completely and, and, you know, make PC wonder what's going on? I think they could, you know, also to mention to your point, Gary, which is a great point that, that only two players have played at the Ryan center. Both of them were with previous schools, both Clifton Moore and Ed Croswell played at LaSalle before transferring to URI, uh, before transferring to PC. So they played at URI with a different program. None of these players have played with Providence at the Ryan center. Um, which is, which is, you know, it's, it's incredible just to think about. Um, but I guess, the game is also back at the Ryan Center for the first time in three years because we had uh, the COVID year as well. So, um, yeah, to your point um, about could URI take advantage and, and blow this thing out, I, I think they could, but they're not good enough offensively to keep PC at arm's length if they were to get an 8-10 to 10 point lead. Does that make sense? Like, they're not there yet. And I think Archie would tell you. Like, he, he would tell you, and he has said it, They have to. They have to play. There's such a fine line that they have to play because they don't have a first-team All-Conference caliber player. They don't have an MVP of the league caliber player. They have to play fundamentally, not turn the ball over, get to the line, convert. Like they're not going to go out and bang 15 threes in a night. This team doesn't have that potential. I think the potential, if URI played its A game and PC played its B or C game, for URI to win, 
I still don't think in, in, in unless barring maybe an injury or, or barring something unforeseen, like Brian Freeman goes off for 40 points or something like that, that, that URI is going to win this one really comfortably. Um, it will be close. I'd say it's going to be a two or three possession game for, for the whole, for the whole way. Um, just based on, on the way that, that it, uh, that, that how I've seen these teams so far. I do think if there's one team that could run away with it, it could be Providence um, just based on sheer size and sheer talent. Like if it all clicks on Saturday for them, well, Jared Biden's a first team, all big East player. Bryce Hopkins is a fringe NBA player. Ed Croswell's in his fifth year of college and just played in a sweet 16 and, and tour wrote it roadie apart last year when they had the Mitchell twins. Now he's going to go up against even less experienced bigs. Like I think if it, Devin Carter is an, an athlete that URI does not have. So on paper, PC's got the advantage. But like I said, with the way with with where they are, I don't think that necessarily means they blow Rhode Island out. Um, so you hope that URI uses the crowd, gets off to a good start. I think a hot start for URI is crucial. They need the Ryan Center to be that sixth man because on on paper, like I've said, they're just not as talented. Um, if you were to have a draft of these two teams, you put all the rosters together and say draft one team, you're picking Jared Bynum before somebody on URI, you're picking Bryce Hopkins, you're picking Devin Carter. Am I missing anyone? At a minimum, those three, before you even probably think about anybody on URI. And that's not to spite anybody on URI. You know, that's just where those players have been, what they've accomplished in their college career already. Just purely looking at the statistics and purely looking at what they've done. Um, and then you might pick a couple guys on PC too, right after those three, you know, over URI. But if URI can play together, if they can, they have to do all, all the intangibles. They got to take charges. They got to take care of the basketball. They get to the line at a very high rate, which is very impressive for a new team new collective team, they have to make free throws. The other night against BC, when you miss seven free throws and you lose by, that's the difference between a win or a loss. But if, if, if URI plays its A game, like I said, I would not be shocked at all for them to come out and beat PC. I completely agree with you. My heart is telling me URI, but my brain tells me PC. And as we get ready to close this up, Maury, I think – this year's rivalry had rivalry game has a different wrinkle to it. A for the reason that Cooley and and Archie are friends, which we haven't really seen a close relationship with between the coaches as we have this year. And the fact that Cooley finally said that this is a rivalry. And I think that is something that a lot of people waited to hear, but I really I really think your thoughts on that, and I really think that the friendship between them could help either team because they know they're so close to each other. Yeah, before I answer, how, how did you guys feel of it? I mean, you guys are, are alums and, and your season ticket holders. I mean, how did you feel when he finally admitted to it? He, he apologized to the Rody fans. It was, it was good to see, but it's still too late. Like, I feel like yeah. it was like damage control. I think, I think it wasn't genuine. That uh, in my mind, I think that 
when put on the pressure, he finally could admit the, you know, that it wasn't, you know, that he was wrong the whole time. But I feel like he could have said that, you know, three or four years ago and it would have been better than trying to, you know, squeeze it into something where it's being attended by both Roby and PC fans at the same time. So. Interesting. Yeah. He, he knew what he was doing. He, he knew that he was on uh, a zoom that was benefiting both schools financially. He, he knows uh, I think he knows what he's doing. I, I think though he, he does truly mean it. Um, he was at URI for a little bit, as we all know, he grew up in the state. He knows what URI basketball is all about. The history of the players and the runs and the success and the teams and the coaches, like he still knows what Rhode Island basketball is all about. So, you know, as much as I think maybe he was playing a little bit of sales guy during that call, I still think deep down, he, he, he really means, you know, he really means that now, whether or not you guys accept the apology and the fan base does and, you know, how you feel is completely up to you. And uh, you guys have complete liberty with how, you know, how you want to take that um, with me to your point, I think, yeah, I, I, I think that um, it, it is definitely a new wrinkle, Andrew, as you mentioned, um, you know, with these two guys going head to head, they mentioned it on that call that, you know, when Ed looks down on the other side this year, you know, he wants Archie to win night in and night out and just not on Saturday, December 3rd at five o'clock. He wants, you know, Archie to coach his worst game for those two hours and the other games he wants Archie to be the best coach in the country. Um, so it's definitely, it definitely is a new wrinkle. And I think this is sort of the, this is a new chapter in this rivalry, not only because Archie's a first year head coach here and because that, because they're friends, it's because all these players are so new to these fan bases, right? URI just overhauled. They're in the first year of a rebuild. PC has had no players put on the white and black and, and play for the Friars in the Ryan center. So there's not like, oh, I'm really excited to go down to Kingston. Remember that time Devin Carter hit the buzzer beater to beat them? There's none of that built in. Remember that block that Ed Croswell had, right? So it's like PC has nothing to look at in terms of success, previous success there. And the URI fans say the same. A lot of new faces. Guys haven't had the success against, against uh, PC. It's just so new. It's such like a blank canvas that even when Danny Hurley came into URI, players on the other side at PC had played in the game before. So URI fans were familiar with them. It's, it's fascinating. It's turning a page. It's a brand new chapter in this rivalry and really can't wait to get, can't wait to cover the game and can't wait to uh, see how it all unfolds from here on out. I think Archie's here for a while. Uh, Ed is, I'd be shocked if he took another college job, despite what he could potentially get or, or offers in the, in the off season. And I think this is now just a brand new, uh, a brand new era in this rivalry. And couldn't have said it better, Maury. Uh, so yes, uh, thank you, Maury, for joining us once again on Brody Baseline for our PC preview. You can follow Maury on Twitter at M Hirsch Gordon, uh, and obviously catch Maury on WPRI 12 as well. Maury, thank you for your time. All right. We want to thank Maury Hirschhorn for joining us on Roadie Baseline. At this point in time, we're joined by another Roadie uh, person in the media who's uh, been helping us out um, and chatting with us kind of on the side of multiple games, whether it's the women's or the men's game. We have 
Ania Khan Okan from GoRoady.com joining us here on Roadie Baseline. Ania Khan, it's great to get you on the show. Thank you guys for having me on. First off, uh, I just want to say um, huge fan of what you guys are doing. And I, I can't wait to talk about hoops big weekend <laughs> with men's and women's. And I'm excited to talk about it. Yeah. So yeah, uh, no kidding. Big, big weekend. Started <laughs> off last night with the women beating Buffalo. And then now we got the men tonight or today playing PC. And then the women have another one to close out the weekend tomorrow. Yeah, it's if I'm strong. remembering correctly. Uh, yeah. A lot of, a lot of games going on. So, uh, we chat a little bit with Maury about uh, the PC aspect. We want to get your point of view. Uh, you've been able to see this team uh, chat a little bit. You know, what are your thoughts regarding uh, the start for Rhodey and how, you know, Archie has uh, kind of set a culture here at URI? Um, I like what he's doing. I think, as expected, it was going to be a bit of a transition, especially when you bring eight new guys who most of them haven't played college basketball before. But I think specifically with the Cayman Islands trip, that trip did wonders for them. They played so well. Uh, uh, they were able to bring it together towards the end of the trip. And we saw a little bit when they played Boston College earlier this week. But I think, you know, sort of what he's trying to do, you can see what he's trying to do a little bit. And the guys are slowly starting to buy in into what he wants with the program. Yeah, I completely agree with you that. I'm just my my I love what he's done so far. I think the Brayon Freeman benching him was massive in clearing his head and it shows the players that, hey, I'm here for you before I am for wins and losses, which I think is good. The only thing I'm worried about, but I don't think Archie is going to care as much about it as some other coaches would. I think he's going to put the program first. I'm just worried about that rivalry aspect this weekend, them focusing only on PC and letting things slide. I mean, because he said it, rivalry games are different, and that's where I'm worried about it. If you, I don't know if you think you've gotten the vibe around practice and all that stuff, if they're treating this one any differently. So just just so I'm understanding what you're saying, you think that, you know, they're going to put everything aside, kind of the progress that they're building in order to get this win? I Not that I don't think it'll happen. I'm just mm -hmm. worried that it might happen. No, I think, that's, make that's, I think that's fair to say, especially because they are a young team and, you know, there's – a lot of them, a lot like last year, a lot of them haven't really played in the rivalry game. So I think that is fair to say, like, you know, they might put everything that they've been building up towards the past month, month and a half uh, in order to win this game. But um, I kind of, I hope they don't, but, you know, I think it'd be naive of me to think otherwise, but we'll see. Yeah. But I also think it could help because all the talk, even with their struggles, all the talk you've had, if they all the talk is PC this, PC that, PC's got to win this game, PC's been struggling. I haven't really heard anything about URI on the news that much. And my thinking is you could use that as bulletin board material and not for nothing, this could be a program-changing game tomorrow. And there's a lot of players that have a lot of – what's the word? a lot of motivation going into tomorrow night. Like you have Sebastian Thomas. I think he is prime to have 
his best game in a URI uniform tomorrow. The Providence kid didn't get recruited by PC coming down to Cle- coming down to Kingston. You got Ish Malik, I believe. If yeah, I'm not mistaken, Malik. this is their first. This is their first PC game at home, right? Yeah. Yes. Exactly. Yeah. So. So. Yeah, I think. The argu- I think. The the argument I would also say to you, Andrew, is Malik has only gotten to see PC through Hassan, right? So he hasn't he hasn't gotten to to play at the Ryan Center. He's only been a fan at that point. So I feel like, and he that's hasn't had been- his. He hasn't had his URI moment yet. Like Fats had his URI moment. Like these guys, like Ish, Malik, Bassey, I feel like those three know the rivalry and they need to have, I think you're primed for them to have their URI moments. Like you can say Pulisic had his moment (laughs) against the Iranians this past weekend. Andrew. You're gonna tie in early baseline with soccer and like this. Hey man, I love it. Hey, it's the World Cup. I I love it. I I can't with him. I agree. I agree with you. (laughs) I can't. Um, switching gears a little bit. Actually, you know what? Before we do switch gears, I need. Yeah, go ahead, Nico. What was it? No, I I agree with Andrew. I think you know because it is. I think the crowd will play huge, huge factor tomorrow, Um, especially because. The, we are a young team, and uh, a lot of our players, you know, they have an experience playing in this rivalry. If it was how, you know, the original schedule of the rivalry was, where this year we would be playing at PC, I would probably be saying something a lot different. But I think – Yeah, and I think crowd, people yeah. need to remember – people need to remember going into this tomorrow, quack, because – they they ducked us a few years ago. People need yeah. to not that just hit me. You can't yeah. forget that they ducked yeah. us a few years you gotta ago. Get the ruckus, you gotta get the ruckus to quack tomorrow. I like I like that. Might need uh, a might make a uh, late night drive and get a bunch of rubber duckies. <laughs> I would love uh, to see that. I can't. Aniakon, what is uh, your prediction for this game uh in, in terms here? Um, I looked at it's funny. I looked at the line just before this and it said that Providence was Five point favorites, yeah, which so I, which I think, I think it'll be a little closer than that. Um, I'm gonna say an upset. I'm gonna say Rody somehow um, gets it done to have the crowd behind them. Um, PC is also going through their own struggles, which yeah, you know, is important to note going into that game. And and like I said before, I think the crowd will play a big factor. Um, you know, they're a young team, you know, all the pressure is on PC, you know, with all the expectations, uh, Big East regular season champions last year, and people aren't really expecting us to win this game, you know. No. So, and I think, I, I think as the- much as we, sorry, Gary, I think as okay. much as we talk about Ish, Malik, and Sebastian, I think all the eyes are going to be on them. And I think Cooley's going to try and shut those three down for the exact yep. reasons that we said. There's one wild card, or I would say probably two wild cards in this one that people are are overlooking. I think Louie, if he shoots, if he starts shooting like he did at the end of the Cayman Islands game, yeah. he makes three or four or five threes. That ro- the, ro- the roof is going to come off this place. And if I remember correctly from last year, 
certain third team A10 George Washington transfer somehow managed to get up for the big games. And if you're focusing on those three, Brian Freeman may be able to sneak in there and steal a spotlight. And if he throws up 20, 25 points, you get 20, 25 points from him, Ish, Malik, have their moments. Bassey has another double-double. You could be right there, right there at the end. And I think not going to say it because my heart's telling me Rody and my brain's telling me PC, but you win tomorrow, that could change the whole tenor of this entire season from a, and not for nothing the program if you can exactly. somehow steal this game tomorrow. I'm glad you added that because, you know, that is one thing that is important. We do have to make shots. Uh, that's something that we have struggled with throughout this season. But if we do make – we get – we do make shots. We have a couple guys who, you know, give us a little something uh, later today. I think, yeah, I think it's easy to say that we'll, ha- we'll pull off the upset today. Exactly. And hit your free throws. Exactly. If you hit, if you hit your free throws against BC, <laughs> you're – Three and four and not two and five, but that's an argument for a different day. It's true. <laughs> and Aniakon, we want to thank you for joining us on Roadie Baseline. Uh, you can follow Aniakon on Twitter at Aniakon underscore Ocon. Uh, we have him retweeted all the time on our page, Roadie Baseline. Aniakon, thanks for joining. Uh, and obviously, we will hope to see you tomorrow at the Ryan Center. We want to thank Aniakon and Maury Hirschgordon for joining us on this episode and i know a lot of you noticed that gary and i haven't released as much as we'd want to the past couple weeks we've had a lot going on i know gary's been definitely sick and unfortunately my grandfather has recently passed away so obviously gary and i had a lot to deal with these last few weeks so we just wanted to say thank you all for still following along with us we appreciate it we appreciate all the support or my family appreciates it everybody who did know and we gary and i should be getting back to our usual selves and and releasing every week we got a special surprise guest coming up in a couple weeks for y'all so keep an eye out for that one but that being said we just want to thank you all and we look forward to a great rest of the season just uh just to reiterate what andrew said as well we thank you guys when it when it comes down to it life happens it's really tough sometimes to get this podcast going you know andrew and myself are 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 busy on the sides but when it comes down to it we are planning to put our full heart into this uh, coming after this episode, uh, which is great. Um, so just stay tuned. We will be coming out with new episodes every week, uh, day varying depending on the games. We will be here from that. And you don't know, forget, we, we got that surprise guest. You're you're right about that one, Andrew. Was that's going to be and a big one? It's going to be big. It's going to be roadie roadie baseline history. One of yeah. our biggest guests ever. Yeah, exactly. You know, I never want to end our podcast on on a somber note. Uh, but it's it's something that I do want to bring up. Uh, recently, over the last couple of days, if you haven't seen on social media, the Rhode Island family lost someone very important to us. Uh, Don Call, who was the uh, radio broadcaster for 30 years for URI alongside Steve McDonald, passed away on Saturday at the age of 77, leaving uh, his wife Caroline and his kids and his grandchildren and, and a huge loss for this roadie community. Uh, Don was an integral part uh, of the broadcasting for URI. Uh, the, the one memory that I can have of Don is is him crying at the end during uh, when URI finally won the 2017 A-10 championship. Uh, that call is is phenomenal from him. And it's going to be uh, a tough, tough shoes to follow and uh, someone that we're going to miss very dearly in the Rhode Island community. Uh, so we do, me and Andrew would like to 
send our condolences to his wife, Caroline, and his family um, for the, this tragic loss of, of Don Call. Yes, yes. Very sad, very sad. And since you shared a memory, I'll never forget all the times we'd drive home, listen to the post-game press conference, and him and Chris Tassano would always have the, the image of the game, and you'd always try to pick which what it what it would be. It's just really lost a big, big figurehead at our institution, and all the prayers to him and his family. And hopefully, he's up there watching us beat PC tomorrow. Exactly. Hopefully, we ho- hopefully we can uh, we can win this one for Don. But with that. That ends episode two of Roadie Baseline. Remember, rivalry game happening tomorrow or today, depending on when you're listening to that game, 5 o'clock, ESPNU. If not, get to the Ryan Center. Find tickets on third parties. You want to be in this place for this game. Archie Miller versus Ed Cooley for the first time ever happening at the Ryan Center. And I think there's still like 100 100 tickets left. So get, get out there and buy those tickets. Yep. And with that, make sure to follow us Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, at Baseline. And as always, go Bucks!